Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode with yours truly, Kia Orion. This is Creative Contact. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning in and it seems dark and stormy outside, it's because it's a little dark and stormy inside. You know what I mean? But all joking aside, it is actually kind of crazy out there. So if you hear crazy things going on, that's what's going on. But this is an episode, speaking of dark and stormy inside, this is an episode that I have been chomping at the bit to do because this is what I would like to call, at least what I believe in in kind of life in Kia's, Kia's podcasting trajectory, one of those I feel like is kind of like a cornerstone Maybe like a keystone episode, we'll put it like that. Something that I've been deliberating about for a while in my mind, going back and forth, weighing options, long walks, thinking about, and finally am ready to dive in with you. Because before, full disclosure, before I do these podcasts, as crazy as they seem, as all, as all over the place as they seem, I do think about them a lot in terms of, this is a very public display, I think, of what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, my life. It, it works as a bit of an audio and, and video journal for myself, but also I, I, I feel like I like to share myself with you all in a way that some of you had mentioned that resonates with you, which is means the world to me, first of all. But second of all, it's I'm always kind of in this, I'm curious about how much to share of myself and how much not to share. Because I know that I've been on the other end before people kind of oversharing, and I know that that can sometimes be uncomfortable. And so that's my goal isn't to make you uncomfortable or to to make you pity me or anything like that. It's not I'm not I'm not searching for sympathy or anything like that when I record these podcasts. But for me, these are incredibly cathartic because. I have so much going on up here, even though I wear the same thing every day. <laughs> Eat same, like Internally, I feel like I have a lot going on that this is a cool way for me to kind of put this somewhere and to share it with someone. The fact that you're listening to this, you're watching this, actually means the world to me because it means that it doesn't just have to live in my head. And this is one of those episodes where I thought a lot about a lot about it beforehand in terms of how much do I want to share because these are some things that I'm still not exactly comfortable with facing necessarily, but I'm working on them and I'm getting better at them and so I do feel compelled to share them with you. This is going to be a very different episode at first, but I've been thinking a lot about a few things. If you've read the the title kind of description piece, you already know what it is we're going to be getting into today. But just as the quick catch-up version, I've been redesigning my life in a way, and sort of what my future, what I want my future to be, and I'm redefining my view of success and my view of what, who I am and what I want out of this next chapter of life. Being 30, I think this was a pivotal year just because it really forced me to take a hard look in the mirror about and see who I am and where I am. And that Kia is a very different version than the one that when I was 23, 24, 25 had envisioned. Some 
I think as the man, there are some things that I I envision myself that I'm I'm working on and, and have been able to achieve certain skills I've been able to develop, which younger Kia would be proud of. But in terms of where I am, not geographic location, but what my life looks like, what I'm doing, those things I think are very different than what younger Kia would have imagined. I think I would have expected to have quote unquote had made it by thirty. But one thing that I've been really thinking through a lot as well is that I'm complete I like this idea of a radical ownership, radical responsibility. That I'm where I am because of simply decisions that I've made. Which can be hard. If there are certain things if I'm not where I want to be, that's completely on me. But also to know I feel like it puts me in the driver's seat if to know that to get where I want to go is also that come that boils down to decisions that I can make to get me where I want to go. I think that that piece though, that vision of what of where I want to go has been a the work in progress over the last year. Has been this reconciliation with myself of what I what I say I want and what I truly want. And if you've been following along, first of all, thank you with the with the journey and also with the recent pods, how much this recent trip to LA really threw me for a loop. I think I was already kind of deconstructing my ideas of success and and what I want my life to look like months before, but it was the final piece that really I think helped me embody it and in in a way that was very difficult because having those conversations with myself that it may not that I'm not pursuing anymore. I'm pivoting. My 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 dad said he didn't like it that I said I was giving up on my dreams. So I'm taking his advice. I'm pivoting. But in that regard of making a choice to pursue something still in the same vein but differently than before, and in doing so, re rebuilding this identity of who I am, and being more realistic about not maybe even realistic, but maybe more determined about what it is that I actually want and what it takes to get there rather than having these big lofty goals, which I still think are great to have and kind of visions. I think I'm, I like that idea of dreaming big and visionary, you know, that's part of my ethos, but I'm also very much grounded in this reality. And even in terms of online business and, and, and in health, all these things, I'm, I'm really into the idea of like action and having, having a really clear kind of vision of where you're going. And before, I really enjoyed, I loved making the music. That's always what I've loved doing, creating this podcast. But it was always just kind of this gray area of like where, what it would actually look like, that success. And I think now at this point in my life, for me, re-engineering the perfect day has been really important. And that's where giving up kind of this LA dream and adventure has come from of being like, that is not my perfect day really encapsulates anymore. It's now really being honest with myself of how much I enjoy the simplicity of life, of this life. And it comes down to, I've boiled it down to three M's. It's music meditation, and master, no, I'm just kidding, and martial arts. So with those three things, I feel like, I'm sorry, I had to, I feel like those are really what make it for me. It's like having some sort of creative outlet. It's having this this time to be still 
and to be grateful and to just think this kind of like, I talk about this a lot, that one of the beautiful things about this nomad journey and when you're able to kind of remove yourself from your culture, whatever that is, for me from the States, it was coming down here. It's this like, you, you get this kind of silence. <clears throat> I remember the first time I moved to Asia, it was, it was a game changer. I'd be in Thailand and it'd be like, okay, I just have my thoughts tied to myself again. And that's really important to me is this meditation. It sounds silly, just like sitting and doing nothing, but just like listening and turning inward. Like that's a really important, that's really important to me to be able to have that space. And then obviously the martial arts piece, I think is the physical piece. You could consider that whatever sort of health thing you want. But for me, I like, I like working out, but one of the nice parts with the martial arts that I like, whether it's the boxing, I've really gotten into jujitsu lately, is this building of a skill. Again, it's kind of, I feel like I'm kind of working towards something where the bodybuilding piece for me, I don't get the same, I still like strength training, but that it just doesn't have hold the same weight for me in terms of just like trying to improve my body, excuse me, is different than if I'm trying to I like, like, I don't know, the skill acquisition piece of like whether that's the calisthenics when I was working on parallette bars or now with martial arts and skills, this kind of like constant improvement over time that I really like. And I've just come to more accept kind of the way that I like to eat and my body now. And I try to stay fit and stay trim, but it's, it's, it's less, I guess, for me motivated as much as it used to be in terms of like trying to change my body now and more into just being fit, feeling good, having my joints be healthy and being able to be active and, and, and do these activities that I love to do. So those are my three M's. Took a lot of time to like, what, what makes a day feel successful to me and having the space to do those things. And when I dial it in, how can I do that on a more consistent basis? And it's brought me into a bit of a crossroads that I feel like I've been kind of butting up against now for some time. It's sort of like, do I pursue the dream or do I kind of like accept reality and like let it go? Do I? And, and it seems like this kind of like push and pull that I keep having with it. I don't think it has to be an either or. I think rarely life and things are that black and white. But for some reason, it's felt that way to me lately. And with the music stuff, I've realized a couple things. I've realized how much... I love, I love making the art. I, I feel like this, to me, even though this is a beautiful thing, this isn't the same, I don't get the same, I guess, sort of like high as I get recording this podcast, even though I think everything can be an art if it's a business, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, it's like the making of the, of the music and finding a way to do that every day. And if not every day, as much as possible. I approach that creative process very much like uh, from a Stephen Pressfield war of art turning pro sort of approach as much as like a writer would like you write crappy pages every day. He has this, it's this cool idea of like crappy pages can be edited, but you have to have like pages. So it's just like show up every day, write your crappy pages. And that's how I feel with the music is I show up most, if I could show up most days and make shitty music, that's actually a beautiful life. For me, it is at least because it's like, at least I got to do the thing. And again, that's, this has been a big reframe for me lately has been instead of focusing on outcomes, focusing on inputs. And so in that very realistic way for me, I'm like, how can I create this life where I'm able to pursue the art? And 
still make enough money to do that and really give the art a chance. And I think this has been the piece that's been the, the other stuff we've known, we've talked about before, you and I, but this piece of like really giving the art a chance and trying to, how could I actually, rather than the art just being like my pretty side thing, just like, yeah, I just do that in my free time. Like, how can I really create a life around that piece? And for a long time, the same way I was saying, kind of, I felt split is even with my focus is I kind of have the beat school stuff. I make the courses. I'm trying to build the YouTube channel and create products and create, I'm just creating, I'm creating that business, building that business. And at the same time, I have kind of my Kia indie artist business, which I haven't been giving as much time to in terms of the creation, especially this year, the marketing, all of those things that would that need to go into actually making it a business. And so I felt kind of split between these. I've had a divided focus. We'll put it like that. And I was listening to a podcast the other day with this guy. He's an awesome entrepreneur. And he was talking about building out his personal brand compared to his business. And that way he was like, that way he's like, I just get to focus on, he's like, I focus on my coaching. And like his offers were very simple. He's like, I have my coaching. Like it's a membership site and he has like, he like JVs with other businesses. But he's like, that way it's, or it's the podcast something like that. He's like, he's like, I have this and I have this. And I was like, that's really cool. And so I think that simplicity is something that I've been kind of fiending for lately. I think when I, I think that kind of focus is a superpower. If I can kind of get singular focus or at least as close to it as possible, I think that would really help. And so the reason why I've been wanting to talk to you and have this podcast is I felt so torn lately between kind of business and art. And my, I've con, I haven't stuck just to myself. Consulted a few folks whose opinion I really respect. And you know, if you're watching this, that I've probably come to him like, hey, I'm thinking of kind of starting this thing, but blah blah blah. And people have advised me against <laughs> against what I'm about to do. A lot of times, I feel like. The advice that I get is, Kia, build your business and then do your art on the side when you have time. Build the business first and then do the art. And at first, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a responsible thing to do. But the more I thought about it, the reason why I think that felt good to me wasn't because it was necessarily for me Remember that dark and stormy piece? It wasn't exactly the, it might not be the right thing. I don't think it's a right and a wrong thing, but for me at this moment, it might not be what I feel compelled to do because I, in a way, I feel like it feels safe. And I almost feel like I'm letting myself off the hook by doing that because it's like, oh yeah, do the responsible thing, make more money, get the stable income, build the business, and then do the other stuff. And to be honest, the reason why I think that that felt good was because knowing that there's this kind of life, the art, the life pursuing the art is scary and it's unknown and there's, I don't have any definitive proof that it could work or would work because I haven't ever made a living as an artist yet where I have with the online business stuff. And so a part of me feels like 
drawn to do the business piece out of a place of like just simply knowing knowing it better knowing it knowing i could make it work compared to the artist piece is in a way it's the harder one for me because it means i have to show up every day and do the fucking art we're like showing up and doing a business thing every day building my business for me it's almost like i can kind of like put my head in the sand and kind of like run away from who i am in a weird way but it feels it still feels productive it feels like something that what i should be doing it feels responsible but the more i thought about it i'm not necessarily ever drawn to the most responsible option like moving out to thailand with only a thousand dollars i don't think is what some people would be considered the most responsible (laughs) thing so i feel like that that's part of it is that like also almost dying last year i just don't feel like i have this kind of unlimited amount of time anymore where i do feel like just because I'm a driven guy, I'm ambitious and learning a lot about online business, I feel like I'll always be able to figure something out. I feel like the business will always be there. And maybe the art will too. But just because of where I am, that that piece to really kind of find a way to make it work with the art to me has been this kind of push and pull throughout the last week, last couple weeks. As it's like, this construction time. It's like, do I want to have to do all the work that's necessary in order to make that indie artist life happen? Because if it's not that, if it's not the rock star life, which it was very clear that that's not going to happen, we got to do this shit indie. And if we're doing it indie, it's going to be a lot of work. But that is one where I'm like, that's something that I feel like I could. That's something that I can. I'd be interesting to at least see what happens if I give it a shot. And I'm sorry for the construction. I'm just going to keep rocking. So that's kind of where I've been is really figuring out how could I actually make this happen. And when I approach the, the music, a lot of the times the music for me, I think when I, when I dial this in, this is the part that has been interesting kind of thinking about for me and has been has been difficult to to accept and something I want to share with you is I think the reason why I haven't really done it is out of a place of fear and also out of a place of worth of the the art is valuable this will be kind of like the pivotal like theme for today's episode is that like art is valuable and for me that that's where this imposter syndrome thing comes in is that it's always felt to me like I like the business, not the music, my music business, but like my online business. Cause I feel like everything I offer has value. The teaching has value. Value I think is a word that's overplayed, but like I create products. These are all things that are valuable. So I feel good. I feel fine selling them with my music. I've never wanted to sell it really. And I think also part of that is because it's, it's for me learning to embrace it's always been like yeah the music and these other things rather than just being like the art in itself has value but there i've always wanted the music to be free and accessible so then think about what how else can i build this business 
around as an indie artist. And so thinking about that in reverse engineering it, I'm like, how much would I need to make this work in terms of just like the numerical value of it? And this is, this, I've been looking into this and this is a concept I've talked about before, but there's this idea of a thousand true fans by Kevin Kelly, which I love. And it's pretty much, you don't, you know, this is my reframe of it's like, you don't need Madison Square Garden to make this shit work. It's like, how much do you need to make this work? And sort of this business sense is like minimal viable product. Like what is the least amount of people that you could have that really that support you in order to have this life as a musician? And in the Thousand True Fans example, the reason you use a Thousand True Fans is he's like, if you have a thousand fans that pay you $100 a year, then that's an incredible living. But for me, I was like, if I'm really going MVP with this, like I don't even need 100,000 a year. I'm like, that's, that's amazing. That's six figures. That'd be incredible. But again, if I'm like trying to reverse engineer this, how can I make this work so that I can still live this perfect day, at least for Kia, excuse me, and then create things that people deem valuable enough that they'd be willing to pay for it. And that's what I've been trying to figure out recently is how to make this plausible. And so I have something that I want to, I'm going to experiment with. I want to give it a shot. And with my B-School, that functions as a membership site for the most part. It's a couple course platforms, but it's membership-based. And one of the nice things about that is that you have recurring revenue. And so that way, every month, you even if rather than having big sales and having big course launches, which is what I did when I first started, which is great because then you just make a bunch of money and then you save it. For me, I like this sort of like slow drip approach of like you have a little bit over time and it's consistent. And so thinking about that, I was like, okay, if I had a thousand fans, true fans that really loved the art that I made, and if I if, it was, if that functioned, if I had some sort of a membership site for, for my music instead of for the beat school. And so that's what I want to experiment with is running some sort of a membership model and have it be $5 a month. That's what I'm going to start with. I haven't normally I was looking at Patreon and you have like you can have like these different tiers and cool things. But for now, I just want it to be like a binary thing. It's like you're in or you're out. And then I don't have to worry about all these different tiers. Just, I can just do cool shit for whoever opts in. And if you opt in, rad. And if you don't, it's no problem. It's like you'll still get all the music for free, all the podcasts, all that sort of stuff. But for me, it's like how can I make this this membership piece for people just how could I knock this out of the park? How could I make this something really special? And I was already thinking about like all these other things aside from the music, which is like, but I'm like, I'm already gonna be like, yo, a piece of it too is if I can really buckle down and spend more time on the art, then I'll be able to get you a lot more music as well. And so for me, it's just re it's, it's calibrating this approach of being like, that is something that I think is very feasible, very doable. It's just finding those 1,000 people. And that to me is like, it makes it real, you know? And before, I've always, I've always been hesitant about kind of this Patreon thing or, or even asking people for donations or anything because it feels, I almost feel guilty. But that's for me has been this, this, 
this mindset piece I've been working on that the music is valuable. That just because it's free to listen to doesn't mean that it's that it lacks value or that it, it isn't worth something. And with the, with the online business, so I still have my little online base, the B-School thing, but rather than focusing on it, I'm just going to kind of tend it maybe one day a week to try to knock out as much as I can for that online business so I can eat, keep a roof over my head. So that way it's not like I have to like force people to give me money. I'm like, please, I need your help. But it's asking for support in a way that people can if they want to. So rather than it being uh, out of, again, this whole thing of like a desperation piece of like, I have to, I need this to eat. It's more, listen, if you really fuck with the art or the pod or whatever it is, if you think this is cool and you want to support, I at least have an option for it. I've had a lot of people in the past ask me, Kia, how can I, I take that back. That's not entirely true. I've had some people, let me not, let me not over exaggerate. I have, I've had some people say, Hey Kia, I, you don't have any merch or anything. How can I support you? And so I realized I've never had an option to even allow people to support me in this way. And it's interesting that that I think it's often felt – I felt insecure about it straight up because it's felt like I couldn't do it on my own. The in a way, asking for support or allowing people to support me was – almost like giving into this piece of like, I wasn't, I couldn't cut it on my own doing music. But I realized that that's, that supporting indie creators is in and of itself like a, something that, that a lot of people enjoy doing. That's something, this is the crazy part, is that something that I enjoy doing. Like there are indie podcasters on Patreon, who I support every month, who I'm like, I'm excited to support. I'm like, dude, I love what you make here, please. But for some reason, when I would reframe it for myself, it didn't feel the same way. And I think that 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 piece of like allowing people to help you has been a big piece for me as I'm getting older. Of like, of saying these are the, of recognizing what I can do well where I excel and also recognizing where I need help and recognizing things that I don't do well. And I had, even when I was in LA, I met up with my good buddy, Alec, and we had a conversation about this. It was more for him in terms of he's in a career of TV and media, but I reframed it for myself and was like, this could be that, that piece of being able to have people that can give you feedback and be involved in the process, I think is really powerful. And so for me, it was this reframe of being like, there is an actual plausible way to make this living as an artist this very real and very tangible and not that far away has been incredibly inspiring. And if I, I it's not, it's pretty simple math, but if, I have a, if I'm able to find a thousand folks we're willing to like buy me a coffee. I don't even drink coffee, but buy me green juice once a month. That definitely, you know, that replaces my online business piece too. And is, uh, that's a great living for, especially down here in Columbia. My burn rate is so low that even thinking about like, how much money do I need? Because when I think about building my business first, like I said, it's, it's exciting because it's almost like I'm off the hook. Like, ah, I don't actually have to do my shit. But right now, with the money I make from the online business, 
that's not like I need more money. The reason I would want to pursue that is for the mental safety piece of like the mental piece of being like, yes, that's more stable. But when I think about the mentality of it, like I don't know anyone who's like builds up a business or anything and then is like just cool to like then let it crash and burn after you've put all this effort into it. Where I'm like, if I grow, I'm not at one, I don't think it'll ever be that point where I'm just like, okay, now I'm good. Now I've built this thing. I've spent a lot of time on it. I'm just going to let that like fizzle now because I'm doing my art stuff where I'm like, there's never a right time, right? It's every piece to this to me feels of myself feels like ways that I can kind of procrastinate more off of like what I'm meant to do. I'm like some Stephen Pressfield shit. Like, he did all these other things and then when he was like 55 and like found himself in the back of his van and was like, I'm going to write this goddamn book whether it kills me or not. That I feel that's kind of how I feel about the art. Is that like the art is always kind of calling to me and it's it's in a way it's kind of like a sexual energy that it can kind of get kind of like you can you can kind of like get you can it creates this kind of like kinetic energy inside of you that you that can make you kind of angsty that for me it's almost like that same way that same way of like i just need to kind of work out or something I need to put this kind of energy somewhere into something that if i don't if i go too long without actually creating stuff it it messes with me a little bit and so this whole piece i said that to say that like if i could find a way to create daily or at least almost daily I just, that's when I feel the most aligned with like my mission or like why I'm here in life and that that's, that's doable to me has been really exciting. It's also been kind of soul crushing in a way because I realize for me, my art is like an extension of self. It's autobiographical. It's not me. So if people don't fuck with the art, I'm not offended by it, but I don't need everybody to love it, but it, 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 it is more vulnerable to put art out and promote it than it is than for me to create a product and promote it. Even though music is a product, but it's different. It's like if people don't want the beat school stuff, it's different than if people like, again, I'm like on the hook. Once again, it's like here, I made this thing. This thing is of me and you like it or you don't. And if you don't like it, and the you know I can't find a thousand people. Then it's like, then I gotta say, okay, then man, I really this shit has to be a side hobby because my stuff is so trash that there aren't a thousand people that actually like it. Which is very, and that's what I mean is like by doing this, by taking this leap, is it's like, yeah, motherfucker, like you gotta look in the mirror and be like, are, can you find a thousand people that actually fuck with it? And like, that is scary. That is scary. It's like a piece of me, this thing that, I, that I've created, I've spent my, most of my life learning these skills on how to make, and there's a potential that it isn't actually good enough for people to pay $5 for. And that's, the, that's like the brutal truth of it, but like there's something also kind of beautiful about that, that it's like, again, it's this kind of binary thing of it's like kind of like shit or get off the pot. It's kind of show and prove that if I don't want this to just be a side hobby, then... I've got to find a way to make it work. And if you don't, you don't. And so to me, that's kind of something that's also thrilling at the same time about it is this piece of saying, this is kind of what I'm meant to do. How can I put it out there in a way that feels authentic to me? 
I've never loved social media or been great at social media, but I want to give this more of a shot because I do feel like this is the a great outlet for music and also for me to make things and reframe my approach to marketing so that it's less about something I like have to do and more something about like how can I approach marketing in a creative way in the same way that I would making the music. It's almost like you have two different races that you're running. I heard this really cool Ryan Holiday interview recently where he talked about this. You have two different marathons. You have the marathon of making the thing and then as, excuse me, as soon as you finish making that thing, like you're drawn into a marathon of being like, okay, now how do you actually get out in the world? And I feel like for me, another way I've been kind of hiding from this has been the fact that I felt like I don't need to promote it. I just kind of make it and it's there and if you want it, cool, but like Nobody really listens to it that much, except for a few of y'all, and you know who you are, and I fuck with you, and I appreciate it, but because, again, it's almost like then I don't, if it doesn't work, I almost have a way out, like I almost have an excuse for why. It's like, oh, because I didn't push it that hard, rather than it's like I put all my all into making it and my all into promoting it, and then if it still flops, then it's like, fuck, like that's, that. then it just wasn't actually good enough, period. Or I didn't nail the mark, or I didn't, there was something that I messed up, right? Again, I'm back, I'm responsible for that again. And so I think a piece of that has been twofold. So one is that fame maybe feeling a little insecure, like the art isn't valuable, so not like feeling great about promoting it. And then also being able to hide behind, not promoting, because I don't, I don't love, so far I haven't found a way that I've really loved marketing. But I've also never really given it like a fair shot, at least for my own art. And so that's what I, that's what I think could be cool is like, how can I take maybe then just experiment, take the next six months, next year, have beat school, tend the beat school, make enough money I can eat, you know, have an apartment. But when it comes to money, like I'm already making enough money. I don't actually need more money. I'm not into speedboats. Don't do cocaine, not into cars. Like I'm about to buy a bicycle this week for my boy Jonathan, and it's the most excited I've been about buying anything in a while. Most expensive things I've bought this week, bicycle and a gi. And that pretty much sums up my life. Most of my money goes either back in just into living or like back into just like having a rad life. Like getting these one-on-one jujitsu lessons or getting massages or boxing lessons or buying a bicycle. Like I don't, I'm not into toys really. Like obviously I'm, I spend a lot on clothes. I think that's very apparent. But other than that, other than my high fashion sense, like what do I need to build my business and the money for? It's for freedom. That's what I'm really, when I drill into it, that's what we all want. That's what I gave up the dream for in LA in order to live this life is this freedom to not be an employee for somebody. Uh, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice, I live out of two backpacks, but I make it work. And so when it comes to the money piece, I'm not sure I'll ever feel like I have full and I'm, it's ever, I'm ever, it's, you're never going to feel so secure that there's never a right time. I think I, I'm just a ready fire aim type of guy. Just the way that i work. And I, I, at this point, I just trust in my ability to figure it out as I go, but to really dedicate 
to that piece. And maybe I'm a little delusional because maybe my music is trash. But even if it is trash, I still feel like I could find a thousand people that are like, Kia, I fuck with this because it's kind of this weird old rap shit. Like, they're out there. But for me, it's not like a build it and they will come piece. That's, that's always kind of been the mentality. I think for a lot of creators, that, that's it because you just want to make stuff. But really, if I'm going to take this seriously, putting the time into the marketing, getting creative with the marketing, and seeing the marketing now as an opportunity because I have a clear goal of a 1,000 fans. They don't have to be fans. Honestly, because, I, I mean, maybe it's fans, but more just like a 1,000 people that, that respect the hustle and like the art or the podcast. But to me... I want it to be less of like a creator to fan thing and more like, listen, I'm going to make a lot of stuff. I'm going to post it in the Patreon. I'm sure with Patreon because it's just the simplest out of the box piece. But I think it would be cool to have it be more of like a conversation, like to get feedback on stuff. Maybe like, man, Keo, we love this thing and this part of the podcast is cool. But, um, you know, these drill R&B songs are like really whack. Stop doing those. <laughs> like having having it be more of this – this this conversation that I think would be really cool, like a membership to build out. That's why I'm just starting with the one because I'm not going to – I'm on my MVP shit. I'm not trying to like build a bunch of stuff first. Like I'm going to do one and then figure out as people might be like, hey, Kia, we'd love to know you know, the stories behind these songs. And then I could come with like a little video series or it's like, hey, Kia, like do you have any like the rough voice notes or like the project files or uh, – we could, we could do a million things with this, but – these aren't things that I'm just going to be able to think of off the top. These are things that I'm going to need input from the community for, from people who, who like what I make. And so that's what I'm going to do. And it feels a little exciting, also a little bit daunting because, it, again, it means I'm fully responsible. But I think that a life for me, a life spent in pursuit of a true love maybe this is my hopeless romantic piece, to me, is worth it. If it's like I end up 36 and it's like still shitty, I've run out of all my money, I'm back with my mom and dad, like that's not even such a bad life. Like it's like, okay, so I just, because my burn rate, so I'm just not as scared anymore of running to zero. As soon as I was able to kind of get my pride out of the way, around asking for support like there's just for me the only reason not to do it is that I, I'm scared to do it and that's hard to admit um, but if you know it all goes to hell it all goes to hell and we figure something else out like I feel incredibly blessed to have parents that would let me move back in as a grown ass man with no money and be like, Kia, yeah, like, go figure it out, you know? Like, that's that's a blessing. And so from here on out, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've been working on, you know, building out a little Patreon thing, not going to make it anything super crazy. And if you want to support, awesome. If you don't, it's no problem. I get it. I'm not saying that you have to be one of my thousand true fans. That's kind of my mission is at least with my marketing, I feel like I have a directive now. I know 
I'm searching for my first thousand believers, my first thousand people to say, hey, Kia, I'm, I, it's my hard-earned cash. I, the art that you have made has affected my life, and I'm willing to pay you $5 for it. That to me, that is exciting, thinking about if I have to make TikToks and social media stuff, like to me, that's like, okay, I at least feel like I have a purpose rather than just being like just random growth or like just trying to be more popular or just trying for attention. Like I'm like those kind of like endless infinite games to me are not fun to play where knowing that I have specific people now that I'm kind of shooting to reach just gets me more excited about that and, and helps me, I think with my marketing feel more comfortable doubling down on marketing that may be unique and that might be more authentic to me and maybe a does alienate people, but then hopefully does really grab on and, and matter to other people and, and, and finding, figuring out who these people are and like creating, you know, think about it like a product, like anything else. And how can I serve this market of people who, who like Kia's music or the podcast or whatever it is. And then how do I just really serve this market and kick ass so much that people are actually willing to pay for it and that what I make is worth paying for. And that's what I need to meditate and do my mantras for is to believe that is to believe that I think I'm, I think I'm getting there. I don't feel like I fully embody it yet. Like I know I can, like I felt about things before, but it's only because I think I don't have the proof yet. And so for me, it's really believing it before I have the proof that just because the numbers aren't there yet, that doesn't mean that they never will be. And that doesn't mean that they, they shouldn't be, but it's just, it's, it's that blind leap of faith piece to say, I don't have proof that this works, but I believe in it enough to at least try it. And that's where I'm at. So a lot of deliberating around that, trying to figure out how the best way to approach this. And so mo these pods at the, the pods, I'm going to run a little Patreon ad now, probably at the front and the end of them and going to start putting more effort into marketing and just doubling down six months to a year, singular focus. I'm going to try to lock in here in Medellin and tend the beat school and just see how much damage I can do on the on the music front, making music every day or at least almost every day and finding interesting creative ways to promote it, get eyes and ears on it and find find my thousand peeps. Thank you for listening if you made it this far. This was something I've been thinking about a ton, obviously. This is I know probably not a very popular opinion of just like jumping in head first to pursue something that there's no proof of concept for. And that I have, I know some of you will probably be pissed off at me for not maybe being more responsible, but um, you get one of these. You get one of these. Yeah. So fuck it. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. You the best. Peace.